0: Welcome to the Breaking Health podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hey everybody welcome back to the Breaking Health podcast. I'm here with my host, co-host Steve Krupa, hey Steve. Hey, how are you? I am well and normally I would ask you how you are, but I have this cool device
1: yes.
0: called a tricorder, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, trekcord.com, for the...
1: Are you wearing your, your uh, Mr. Spock shirt uh, right now?
0: When don't I wear my Mr. Spock shirt, Steve? I've got,
1: <laughs> you need to be more specific as to Live one. Live long and
0: prosper. <laughs> <laughs> that is the VC code. <laughs> uh, so I'm playing that for, obviously, it has to do with yep. our guest today. Our guest today is Satya Illumalai. And he is uh the founder of multi sensor diagnostics, which is uh is you can get into their technology, but it's one of those companies that we we were hearing a lot about the the coming of the medical tricorder, and that's how this device was described and uh it sounds like it 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 sounds like it, it could be a cool device to uh to help folks down the road. Can you tell us a bit more about it
1: yeah it, it look it it it's using a technology um that allows you to sense a, a number of different biomarkers or Diagnostic uh, elements, um, you know, through the mouth. Uh, very short-term exposure. Um, it delivers information then via Bluetooth and converts your telephone into, you know, practically a tricorder. And uh, in fact, uh, that's it, it. It was started by entering into sort of a contest, I think, on on, cre- on a tricorder contest, which is really interesting in and of itself as to how Star Trek has permeated our culture all the way into technology, but. Um, but it, it, was, it was developed uh, at university, and it's being commercialized, and it's something that patients would be able to use on their own with a minimal amount of effort and interference with their daily activities, and it would allow reading you know, critical medical information on a uh, longitudinal basis, on a regular basis, to try to monitor chronically ill patients or patients coming off acute incidences.
0: And one thing I really liked about the story, and it's a theme we're hearing more and more from our guests, is uh, that the inspiration to starting this company, getting involved, uh, had to do with uh, Satya's uh, an illness in Satya's family or a relative who needed some help. Again, we've talked about what is driving people to to enter digital health, and this is another instance of people looking for a solution for a problem that really is impacting them.
1: It is, and uh, you know. I think he's concerned he's got diabetes in his family. He's concerned, he's a young guy, but I think, I think he's concerned he might be faced with that. And, of course, managing diabetes is is a lifelong, you know, pursuit for those that, that are unfortunate enough to have the disease. Um, and you really want to be, be looking at all sorts of cardiovascular and, and, and uh, uh, diagnostic data to try to keep yourself healthy. Um, and he saw that as an opportunity to, you know, help, Help his mom, and also he was thinking about what what challenges he might be up against uh, as he ages.
0: Great. Well, let's, uh, it's a it's a great story, and let's get into this uh, conversation about multi sensor diagnostics.
1: Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with Saf- Safia Lunai from Multi Center Diagnostics. Welcome to the podcast, man.
2: Hi, Steve. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be a part of the podcast.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you too. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about very about, about some very interesting diagnostic technology that you're working on down there at, at Johns Hopkins and the business around um, you know being able to uh, have diagnostics available to patients outside of the clinic and setting. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to talk about you a little bit and uh you know, you and I, before, the, uh, before we push record here, had an opportunity to talk about life as an entrepreneur and it, the challenges that it presents and the all-consuming aspect of uh, starting a company. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point you asked yourself why you were crazy enough to try to do this. But I guess my first question would be, why were you crazy enough to do this? Uh, what led you to become a healthcare entrepreneur?
2: Absolutely. So my story is that I've worked at Johns Hopkins for over 10 years, with different uh, settings, like the payers, uh, providers, and patients. And then I moved on to work for a data analytics firm, trying to help health insurance companies improve their uh, investments. Uh, Although I really was enjoying the different aspects of um, working on different parts of healthcare, um, it was not really something what I came into healthcare for. I came into patient care, uh, helping patients. Um, but uh, mainly what really drove me into working for multi-sensor was um, my mom who's suffering from multiple chronic conditions. And every single day, uh, I call her at least twice a day. And um, morning, she's totally fine at the, but if I call her in the evening, she's hospitalized for some unknown reason. Because of her comorbidities, she always gets into the hospital setting, and although I gave her a lot of devices and technologies to help her monitor her health, uh, um, it was not really helping her from getting back to the hospital setting. And that's when I decided, I mean, I want to do something for my mom and also to do something for people like my mom who's suffering from multiple chronic conditions and wanted to find a solution that is really simple and easy to use so that... They can monitor their care on a daily basis. From a patient's point of view, all they need to do, or all they wanted, is to take care of their health um, and uh, monitor. But they don't have a simple solution. And that's when when I uh, decided to work on multi sensors mouth lab. Uh, it's a device that can measure more than ten health parameters in under a minute. It was, uh, it was so simple, and uh, that that's really triggered me into okay. Let me be that person. Let me take that risk at this point of time in my life, and then go ahead and work on this idea. So that's that's kind of something which drove me. Although it was like selfish reasons um, that I was trying to help my mom. Today I realized that I am pre-diabetic, and uh, I mean a device like this would have also helped me to predict what's happening with my health at a very early stage. Um, so that's that's what. Drove me to be part of this organization and be part of this product development that could help, um, uh, various patients. Um, and at the same time, uh, this is something which is going to like fulfill my goal to taking care of patients.
1: How did you, um, how did you find the technology? Did, did you come across it by accident? Did it, is it something you went looking for? Where, where did you find the technology and how did, how did it come to you?
2: Uh, as a part of Hopkins, I was exposed to different um, uh, fields or different people within Hopkins. And uh, Dr. Gene Friedman, um, a co-founder and uh, the inventor of the device, um, he happened to come to Johns Hopkins for a pitch, and he wanted someone to come and help him out although he's a genius when it comes to uh, the device and what he has come up with but um he wanted someone to run the business he wants someone to move this forward um i, I started as being an as an advisor but then i realized um he needed someone to run this <laughs> and take it and run this forward and not someone who is going to advise him um so that's what i was i was exposed to uh, this device and um and I saw the potential, and I was really immediately it jumped on. I, I took the big risk of um, like giving up my job, uh, a well-paying job where like more than forty people were working for me to working for myself was the biggest risk I've taken in my life. but um when i when I see the, the long- term benefits of what we can accomplish with this device, I was um, I had no doubts, and uh, that's always exposed to this device.
1: So when you found the device, how far along was it?
2: So it was in a prototype stage. Um, the device was working. We had a few prototypes that was, um, uh, useful for multiple situations. Uh, but we needed to take this forward and to develop a commercial device, uh, as well as have, the, um, the digital capabilities that are, that goes with the device. So, um, uh, That's when I came in and I started building um, these digital capabilities as well as building a business model around this because we're trying to find a unique business model where no other um, uh, remote monitoring device company is focused on. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where I came in and then changed the different aspects of the business as well as the product development.
1: You know, it's funny when I went I went to business school at Penn, and and we one of the projects I did this was twenty you know more than twenty years ago. I don't want to tell you how long ago it was, but it was a while ago. But what we did is we uh, we went in and we sort of surveyed the uh, the academics there and, and and looked for inventions inside of the academic portfolio. Then we pulled it, it pulled out stuff we thought was cool. And we worked on doing feasibility studies on those inventions to see whether or not there was a market mm-hmm. when you came across and I'm, 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 I'm assuming that this was somewhat of the process you had to do with this with this idea when you came across uh, the invention basically um, did you was were those studies done? did you have have any sense for uh, how to create a business around this, or was it just essentially this is what this technology does let's Let's start from a white? white space and figure out what to do with it?
2: So it literally started from a white space. There was a technology and then there was a device that could do so many different things uh, at a very short time, but there was no business around it. So my experience, having worked with the peers, providers, and pharmaceutical companies Um, I was quick to understand uh, what could be a better strategy because we wanted to know who has the money, who wants to invest, and who wants to uh, get return on this device. So uh, that's when I started. I mean, having worked with uh, the data analytics firms, trying to help health insurance companies, I figured out there is a huge market there because today um, it was, uh, I mean, all the market is completely populated with analytics companies that are uh, trying to provide different solutions for health insurance companies. But there is no device and technology that is providing that kind of um, uh, services because most of the touch points they have with the patients is probably once or twice a year. But uh, when I saw this device, I was like, uh, really excited that through this device and technology, we can have multiple touch points uh, on it every day for almost a whole year. So, that provides more data and then uh, more information about patients so that it can provide better care. Uh, so, it started more from a whiteboard and then trying to build on it. Luckily, I had uh, really good friends in uh, different sectors who were trying to help me out, um, trying to narrow down the focus.
1: You know, that, I, I think that work is fun. I think it's fun to try to imagine what you can do with something interesting and, and, and build a business around it. But, but let's let's get into the, uh, the technology. So tell me about it. I, I know a little bit about it from what I've been able to, you know, research before talking to you, but, but assume that I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> tell me about the device, how it works, and, and, and what it's measuring, and, and what you think the, the overall benefit is to a patient.
2: Oh, the device is uh, it's it's a it's a tricorder style non-invasive. <laughs> Hold on a record. second.
1: Tricorder is that some sort of branded thing, or is that from Star Trek? Are we doing Star Trek right? Uh, now? It's from Star Trek. Actually. <laughs> um, okay. So just to be clear, that's a Star Trek reference for those of you who don't watch Star Trek. I don't know what to tell you, but I I know exactly what you're saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of Star Trek enthusiasts, as well as uh, there was a Qualcomm tricorder competition that was that happened um, a few months ago. Uh, that's why i was brought in that reference because um like ultimately like i mean some of the companies that call themselves tricoders have multiple attachments multiple devices yeah uh, that measures them a lot of different things but uh, we are i mean i can be proud to say that we are kind of the real tricorder tricorder measures everything man
1: right there's nothing a tricorder yeah, so, can't
2: measure so yeah. okay <laughs> Exactly, so it's a single device. So what it does is it um, it's non-invasive. So the device goes uh, into your mouth between your teeth and lips, and um, we have proprietary sensors, algorithms, and technology that captures everything from the mouth. So today what uh, MouthLab can measure is temperature, blood pressure, ECG, heart function, lung function, blood oxygen saturation, pulse rate, breathing rate and pattern, as well as lung function. So, and the future capabilities are like, we're trying to include dehydration sensing as well as blood sugar measurements. Today, all you all these things can be measured from a single point with a single device in less than a minute. So it takes around 30 to 50 seconds. And uh, we measure everything from the breath, saliva, mucous membrane, mm. the blood vessel in the mucous membrane and the thumb. So we get all these information, we have multiple sensors. So what it does is like it provides references to other sensors and then measures av- everything accurately and rapidly. So from a patient's point of view, all they have to do is uh, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth and you stick this device in your mouth for 30 seconds and then boom, you're done. You don't have to do anything more than that. So the data is sent real time to the cloud and then um, the physician on the other side can access all these information about the patient in real time.
1: So what does the device look like? Is it like an athletic mouthpiece? How does, how does it work?
2: It looks like a breathometer, but uh, mostly with a mouthpiece. So the mouthpiece uh, looks like more like a scuba m- uh, mouthpiece, uh-huh. but it's like really small. So you have to, like, you don't have to bite into the mouthpiece, but basically it fits uh, so easily into between your teeth and lips. So you just have to hold in, and then there is a hole. So you have to breathe in normally. From from a user point of view, you don't have to do anything. Like like I, I used to say uh, to people who ask me how easy it is to use. I mean, if you know how to use a spoon, you can use our device. It's as simple as that. Wow.
1: That that sounds incredible. Can you just do me a favor? Run down that the, the list of the so what 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 can you measure today? What what what? Give me the list of things. I heard I heard blood pressure, potentially
2: blood sugar. Um, so just yeah. So we measure it's pretty temperature. impressive list. So yeah, yeah. So we measure temperature, ECG, a three lead ECG, uh, breathing rate and breathing pattern, uh, blood oxygen saturation, blood pressure. Uh, pulse rate or heart rate, uh, lung function when it comes to FEV1, FEV1 over FVC. Um, this is for respiratory disease uh, measurements and dehydration. So there's today there's no device out there to measure dehydration um, and then we could do that. Uh, and uh, what we are working on is to also try to include blood sugar measurement within the device But the really cool thing about the device is um, we are in the mouth and through that we get access to breath and saliva, which in turn provide access to a lot of uh, volatile compounds associated with various metabolic disorders. So tomorrow we can include a chip, a specialized chip within the device so that um, using the same device, we can capture a lot of different uh, conditions at a very early stage. For example... Um, like uh, lung cancer or breast cancer, like if, if there is a small uh, level of activity of a certain compound that is associated with certain disease that can be captured. And because the patient would be measuring it on a daily basis, even a trace amount would be good enough to predict. So from our point of view, we wanted to be a facilitator, not a predictor. So what we wanted to do is to if we find some of these compounds we could send that information to the provider and then the provider can um, actually call the patient. Hey, I see some activity in your uh, breath uh, and I would want you to come to the hospital to do a test. So ultimately the goal for us is to predict a disease at a very early stage with the help of the provider so that we can treat, or like for example, like a lung cancer. Uh, the survival rate is uh, three folds or even four if, if you detect at a very early stage. So that's that's our focus. For now, we wanted to get this device that can measure these ten different things out, and then as a future versions, we wanted to include certain chips that can capture all these different things from breath and saliva. Wow. So that's our goal. That's why we call it the tricorder.
1: <laughs> I think it's cool. I, so is it uh is is it is it reusable do you have to put a brand new um sensor do you have to use a brand new sensor every day how does that work
2: so there's a disposable mouthpiece actually you can just wash it uh on a tap and then reuse it but uh if you really wanted to you want if you really wanted to um, have a new mouthpiece every single time you can do that because that's our ultimate goal. We wanted to reduce the price point as low as possible. Today, we can provide this device at a price range of $200, uh-huh. which is unheard of. Sure. And uh, the mouthpiece would be around like 2 to $0.05. Cents. So basically, uh, this would be something which can be disposed. Um, but if you're using it at at home, you can use it. I mean, we, we will measure the number of uses, and then we will let the patient know that I think uh, it's time for you to change your uh, mouthpiece. That can be done, but in a hospital setting, what uh, nurses can do is to use a mouthpiece every single time and use a single device on multiple patients. Uh, with a biometric sensor capability, it recognizes it's measuring um, uh vitals and not like uh, Steve's vitals. So that's another feature that helps you to understand uh, who's measuring it. So for a home use, it can be a multi-user device. And me and my mom can use the same device, but we use uh, multiple mouthpieces um, to measure it on a daily basis.
0: Wow. Hey, everybody, Tom here. Going to take a quick break from this conversation to invite you to register for the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. It's happening on November 30th in Boston. We sold out the last two, so don't be left out of this one. Go to healthegy. That is the word health followed by the letters E-G-Y.com, and register for this fantastic event. Now back to this conversation.
1: So when you so let me just take a step back. So when uh, the I'm assuming that the you, your readout is going to be through some wireless device, a phone or something like that. Is that the way it works? So the software is running on my phone and is a wireless connection. Is that is that is that what's happening? Exactly.
2: So your yeah, phone so is really right, the
1: tricorder, um, by the way, just to be direct. <laughs> uh,
2: no, the thing is, um, <laughs> right now, uh, we, we send all the information via Bluetooth to your phone, and then the phone sends it to the cloud uh, via Wi-Fi. But uh, what we are working on is um, we, were, we are discussing a partnership with AT&T Foundry uh, to include their uh, IoT or Internet of Things kit. Right. So that's that's another small chip so so that what it does is it um it goes within the device so all the processing happens within the device and you can um the data is sent real time to the cloud so if you really wanted i mean from a patient's perspective for example my mom she she doesn't want it to know what her systolic and diastolic blood pressure looks like all she needs to know is like oh am i good or I, do I need to talk to a doctor? Right. So for her, it's easier. Like I mean, she measures it and then she's done with it. But um, as a caregiver, I can um, look at her data. Plus, um, the provider can look at her data in real time um, from the cloud. And uh, in a way, it's easier. So um, ultimately, what we wanted to do is to make this device as a standalone device that has all the processing capabilities, so that. Patients can keep it in their wallet, and then, or uh, in their bag, and then take it with them, and then use it whenever they feel like using it or measuring it. So, that's that's our focus.
1: So, um, I know you've got VC sponsorship from the guys over at uh, Startup Health, right? Yeah. So when you when you talk to them about the about obviously the the technology, which honestly sounds awesome. I, I'm assuming that people that want to kind of understand how it works from a science point of view, there's some white papers in, online and stuff on it. Have you filed for your patents and do you yeah. feel like you've got your IP la- wrapped up? So, so you're, you, because I, I know there's people listening to this thing going, you know, Steve, ask them how the damn thing works. But I'm assuming that, you know, there's some plenty of science that people can can, can research online to determine exactly, exactly how it works, right?
2: So there is, a, there is a paper that we published. We did a human study at Johns Hopkins uh, with patients and normal subjects um, and uh, on the sensitivity and specificity of the data. It's more of a proof of concept study. And then we published the data uh, in the Annals of biomedical engineering. So if you type mouth lab, um, a tricorder style device or, or something like that, you you'll, that's the first thing you'd find um, the paper on the device and how it functions the science behind it Uh, but uh, like with the new device that we are working on and then hopefully uh, it'll be available in a month or two that using that device we have planned a lot more studies so uh, maybe at the end of the year or early next year you would find like more up-to-date data on specific conditions um, and then usability of our device like for example for CHF COPD asthma and other conditions. So that's something which we have planned, and then hopefully we'll have more data on that.
1: So, when you talk to Startup Health, they, they want they want you to make a business out of this thing, right? So, um, where are you in terms of your your ideas around that business? I'm assuming you're gonna you have or are going to uh, get some sort of regulatory approval and a label for the device. Is that where you're heading, or do you want to just yeah. head, head more into the it's consumer actually- market with it?
2: So it's 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 a it's a Class two, 510k um, device. So we need to get an FDA clearance for 510k. Um, so the goal is uh, right now we are working with uh, the state of Maryland has a program called MD Pace um, where they select um, one or two uh, 510k Class II medical devices every year and provide a complete suite of FDA services for free. Uh, I mean, ultimately we need to pay them when we make revenue, but for now, they provide all these different services. So uh, using their FDA consultants, we have uh, started our work on um, understanding um, where, what is the strategy, what are the predicates that we need, devices that we need to use, for the analysis and what kind of small human studies that we need to carry out in order to s- file for our, our FDA submission. So the goal is to get our commercial product out by the end of the year and then do these small studies and um, comparative studies uh, and file for FDA early next year. Cool.
1: Do you, um, so are you saying you would be, you would make the product generally available with no label and then go for FDA approval after that? Is that what you're thinking? No, I
2: mean first we need to get our FDA clearance okay. before right. we then uh, go sell it. I mean there are some companies who have done this mistake in the past, yeah. and uh, FDA has uh, locked them down.
1: <laughs> no, no uh, I just, uh, so just asking, just asking. Um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you had mentioned the, the term two hundred dollars. So I'm just trying to think: what does a blood pressure cuff cost in the store? Is it? It's probably fifty bucks or something, right?
2: Yeah, I think even more than that. Uh, I would say around yeah 90 to 100 dollars all the digital ones are around 100 dollars like for a thermometer is around like 50 dollars yep. and uh, there are small ecg recorders which are around 200 dollars and um uh, pulse ox is around 70 so if you put together all the different things that we can measure it's it's going to cost you around uh, 800 to 1000 dollars if and uh, the ultimate thing is, if you have to connect all these different devices individually and then send data to your uh, tablet or something that, like, it takes around fifteen to twenty minutes for a normal person. Right. And for a patient, it's, it's going to take even more. So um, that's that's where we wanted to come in because, like, my mom does not take like thirty minutes of her day to measure all these things. Like she might do it like one or two days, or even for a week. But after that, she might stop using some of these things sure that's where we come in because what we can do is get everything done in like 30 to 60 seconds so it's much easier and then um, like user-friendly and uh, less complicated compared to all these other things
1: okay so you know i'm sure you're thinking about this you got to become a marketing guy here soon right (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so tell me what you think the marketing process here, this is, you know, you've got to teach people about the availability and the, 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 the nature uh, and the effectiveness of, of the measurements, right? And I'm assuming you're going to provide a data service, right? So people can get longitudinal measurements over time so people can see how mm-hmm. they're trending better or worse, right? Um, mm-hmm. what, do you think, what do you think the first steps are to, to launching the product?
2: I mean, as a part of Johns Hopkins, we have access to a lot of different uh, institutes. So, our our initial um, approach is to work with the Heart Failure Bridge Clinic. Uh, today, they they have over two thousand, three thousand uh, patients with the CHF or congestive heart failure. So for us, um, like today, the the biggest uh, uh, innovation or the technology that they are providing is a weighing scale to all these patients. <laughs> so uh, that's how that's that's how it's the most predict like uh, accurate prediction that they are using uh, is by measuring their weight uh, over a period of time. So our goal is to provide these devices to those patients um, so that they can start using this device in addition to measuring their weight. So Ultimately, we want to draw a correlation from that study. Um, and the other thing is there are a lot of IRB studies that are happening in a lot of all these universities where uh, they need some form of a device to actually uh, measure because bringing in a patient just to measure their vitals um, on a weekly basis is a lot of work and it costs a lot more than uh, just providing our device so um, that's another strategy which we wanted to use is to have these devices used for IRB studies um, uh, within different university settings. And also um, this would be, uh, for example, with respect to health insurance, um, this would be a supportive tool uh, like which would be given for free from a health insurance perspective to their members uh, so that um, it kind of provides a kind of a bond between the peers and their members uh in terms of hey, like I mean, my health insurance is really interested in helping me get well um and also there is a gamification aspect that we are building in into the the use using of the device as well as the technology so uh so that every time patient use it, they get some benefits uh, in terms of uh, a reduction in their um, copays, or uh, providing like a lot of companies are providing Starbucks uh, cards, and uh, they have shown some significant impact um, with all those gift cards. So that's another strategy which we are trying to use. And um, ultimately, it's 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 something which uh, like everyone needs to have in their home because like like I spend maybe. Less than a minute of, of my day focused on uh, taking care of my health. Uh, maybe I'll take a vitamin tablet, that's all I do <laughs> right. in terms of helping the healthcare. Or um, if I mean, now I started to work out, but um, people spend some time working out, that's another uh, indirect way of taking care of their health. But what we wanted to be is um, as a company focused on uh, changing the culture of healthcare monitoring. That's our mission. Like we want people to like, it should be like seamless. I mean, today we brush the teeth, our teeth, like we don't know why we are doing it, but (laughs) it's like became a habit, but it's ultimately helping you to take care of your teeth and then like uh, have a healthy um, gums and all these other things. But um, we don't do anything for our overall health. That's what we wanted to do. We want people to start using our device. Like it's, Become a part of their normal life, so that uh, this can help them to uh, prevent or predict disease at a very early stage. Um, so that that's going to be our mostly our marketing gig.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I know. It, it, if you can obviously make it part of you know people's activities of daily living to you know take these readings on a regular basis, especially people with chronic illness. I mean, I don't know if you're 21 and healthy, you need to do this, but. When you start to get, you know, get older, or you start to, you know, take on high blood pressure and uh, and, and other, you know, chronic illnesses, diabetes, and so forth, you want to get these readings on a regular basis, so you, so you can see how you're doing, especially if you're you're on meds, right? You want to see if the meds are doing any good, and it it probably is a good compliance tool as well. You know, if you can get people to make that part of their life. Uh, obviously it would make a huge difference for keeping them out of the ER and keeping them out of the hospital.
2: And and it's also a supported device for uh, telehealth uh, usage. I mean, a lot of companies or insurance companies are pushing this telehealth utilization, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, there's no retention or there's limited utilization because people are not sure whether the doctor is providing the right um, diagnosis. From a doctor's point of view, they don't have the right information To provide the right diagnosis. In most cases, they are providing um, some form of an antibiotic or some form of a drug to provide a short term care so that they are sent to the hospital the next day. So, with our device, what it can add value for uh, telehealth providers is it's like, I mean, as soon as a patient uh, signs up for uh, a doctor visit, we provide the overall health information or like a snapshot of the patient medical history. Uh, the longitudinal analysis of all the vitals and the changes within their health, and as well as um, provide a point of care diagnostic support to these providers where we provide insights on what's really happening with the patients, whether the patient has a history of no-shows or um, whether the patient refilled his or her medication. So all those different things add a lot of value so that Mm -hmm. uh, it reduces the time the physician spends on understanding what's happening with the patient but rather focus on providing appropriate care um, at a short time so that it it uh, increases the patient satisfaction as well as the provider' satisfaction
1: very good, very good. I promised you a half hour I think that's about a half an hour <laughs> um, but uh, just to sort of close things up how can how can the listeners you know find out more about you? Do you have a Facebook page LinkedIn Twitter handle? are you a blog any anything on uh, uh, social media and so forth where people can find out about the device the science the company and so forth uh,
2: that's that, that's a great question yeah i mean uh people can uh, follow us on twitter uh under the hashtag uh, or at mouth lab m-o-u-t-h-l-a-b as simple uh and um with Facebook, LinkedIn, and, um, uh, other social media channels. You can just follow us with, the uh, multi-sensor diagnostics, um, and our website, uh, www.multisensordiagnostics.com, which provides more information, but, um, I'm, I mean, my email address is there on the website as well. So people who are interested to learn more about the science and about the company and also about uh, our next steps, uh, they'd be happy to contact me. And um, I'm really excited to share this information. Ultimately, what we wanted to do is to simplify healthcare where all the other devices and technologies are complicating healthcare. We wanted to simplify and we want people to join our Mission in uh, simplifying healthcare and changing the culture of healthcare monitoring.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me. I really enjoyed learning about the company. It's very interesting, very cool stuff.
2: Thank you so much, Steve. It was a pleasure speaking to you as well as sharing about uh, the insights about the company and my personal story. Uh, It was a great time. I mean, I don't know, it's just 30 minutes already.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you.
0: and that is a wrap. Thank you, Sathya Ilomulai, for joining us on the Breaking Health Podcast. Best of luck with multi-sensored diagnostics. Steve Krupa, thanks for leading this very interesting conversation about the uh, another future of healthcare. It would be great to see a tricorder out there in actual use. Thank you, Breaking Health Podcast listeners, for joining us. If you wouldn't mind, give us a ranking on iTunes. It actually does help people find the podcast. Please uh, do tell your friends about the Breaking Health Podcast. The more ears, are listening, the better. Finally, feel free to shoot me an email. My email address is tom at healthogy.com. That's Healthagy spelled with the word health, followed by the letters E-G-Y.com. We'd love to hear suggestions for guests, topics, or just say hello. Last but not least, do register for the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. that's happening on November 30th in Boston. Go to healthegy.com to sign up. We sold out the last two years. Probably will sell it again this year. Please do not be left out. Go to healthogy.com, register for the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit, and we'll see you in Boston, my hometown.